Welcome to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Berry. This podcast is for grandparents on the go with their grandchildren and for parents who want to ensure loving relationships across the generations. I welcome your input and your feedback on every episode of the podcast we produce. Please send me an email at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Grammy Adventure. Please follow or subscribe to my podcast. It's free so you won't miss an episode and ask your family and friends to do the same. You can subscribe to the monthly newsletter by visiting my website, adventureswithgrammy.com, and clicking the newsletter sign-up link. In the United States, we will be celebrating Mother's Day in a few short days. This episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast will feature Crystal Swain Bates, the author of the children's book, Super Mommy. Before I introduce Crystal, I want to give a shout out to my mother, Florence Richards. She is known as mom to my sister and me, grandma to five incredible adult grandchildren, and Gigi to eight adorable great-grandchildren ages 15 months to 12 years. I hardly know where to begin to thank my mom for the many gifts she has given me throughout the years. She drove my sister and me to piano lessons every week, and the ability to play the piano opened many doors for me. She was a Girl Scout leader when my sister and I were brownies and junior scouts, and some of my fondest memories are the days at summer Girl Scout camp. Mom loved to ice skate, and every winter when our pond would freeze, she would take my sister and me ice skating. I loved watching her skate. She was so graceful as she glided across the ice. I loved watching her twirl and skate backwards and was thrilled when she taught me those maneuvers. She also taught me how to sew. She would cut up her old clothes to give me the material so I could make doll clothes. And she would help me select fabric to make my own clothing. I made my first outfit, a jumper and a blouse, when I was 10 years old. Friends always were welcome at our house, and they loved my mom and still do. When I was 16, mom enrolled me in a driver's education class and became my behind-the-wheel practice coach. I am sure those excursions aged her quite a bit. And even though our car had one brake pedal, that didn't stop her from hitting the passenger floorboard when she feared I would not stop the car in time. Mom survived and I turned out to be a pretty good driver. Mom insisted on two rules when my sister and I were growing up. The first was stand up straight and hold your shoulders back. As a result, I have good posture and if I feel myself slouching, I hear my mother's voice say, stand up straight and hold your shoulders back. Her second rule was think. When she thought I was about to make an inappropriate decision, she would say, think. T-H-I-N-K, think. I developed strategic thinking skills, and for that, I thank my mother. My mom is 88 years old, and according to her physicians, she is quite healthy and should live to be at least 100 years old. I hope she remains healthy and happy for a long time. I am not ready to say goodbye, and neither are her grandchildren or great-grandchildren. I love you, Mom. I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. And Happy Mother's Day to all of the moms and grandmas and aunts out there 
who wear a mothering hat. Crystal Swain Bates is a celebrated children's book author and the owner of Goldus Carrot Publishing. Crystal founded the publishing company in order to address the lack of diversity in children's literature. Her mission is to reshape in a positive way how children of color see themselves. Her children's books have been featured on CNN and in the Huffington Post and used as props for BET's hit television shows being Mary Jane and The Game. Her book, Big Hair, Don't Care, is one of Amazon's most highly reviewed black children's books and was named by the Huffington Post as one of 21 children's books every black kid should read. A native of Atlanta, Georgia, Crystal holds a master's degree in international affairs from Florida State University and is an avid world traveler. Welcome, Crystal. Let's begin our conversation by giving listeners a peek into your writing career. Well, I've actually always been a writer. Even all the way back when I was in elementary school, I loved to write. And I wrote my very first book in elementary school, a book that I still have. <laughs> it's called The Mystery in the Old Attic. I've been writing for many years, but I never knew that it was something that I could actually turn into a career. And it wasn't until years and years later that I decided it was something that I could actually do. And the story of it is I was looking for a book for my niece and I was looking around in the bookstore and I was shocked to see how few books actually feature black characters. Like there were books, but the kids were so sad. You know, it's a lot of books about slavery and, and uh, civil war. And uh, I don't know, a lot of the sadder things, you know, from our history, but there weren't a lot of, especially in comparison to the other books on the shelves, there were not a lot of books with black characters where they were happy and just playing and just being superheroes and, you know, princes and princesses. I didn't see anything like that. And I was pretty appalled. <laughs> and so I just decided, wow, well, you know, I've always wanted to become a writer. Uh, I put a pause on that as I got into my adult career, but I felt like that was the time for me to, to go ahead and, and pursue my, my writing dreams. Your first book as an adult is Super Mommy. Is that correct? No, my first book as an adult, well, I have several. The first book I wrote that's under my name and not in a pen name is called How to Go Natural Without Going Broke. So this is not a children's book. This was kind of my, you know, me dipping my toe into <laughs> becoming an author. And that's just a book about natural hair, because a lot of women, a lot of black women were, you know, learning to love their own hair as it naturally grows out of their head. And that's kind of important because that's actually what my children's books are ultimately about, is just loving yourself just the way you are. My first children's book is called Big Hair, Don't Care. And Lola has huge, huge hair. And everywhere she goes, her hair, it's basically the center of attention. It blocks out the view when she goes to the zoo. You know, she can't even win at hide and seek because her hair is literally peeking out from her hiding spot. But no matter what, she really loves it. And so I had a lot of fun writing that book, but I wrote it because so many little girls were getting teased about their hair at school, getting suspended for wearing their hair 
in a style like that, in an Afro or even with braids. And I thought it was important for kids, Black kids and other kids as well, to see that it's okay for your hair to look like this. This is normal. This is natural. When you don't have images like that in books, people seem to think that it's something that's odd. And I, I didn't want little Black kids to keep being the odd characters in the real world. So I just felt like it was really important for me to write a book about that. Well, I love the title. I, I think it's a great way of honoring little girls who have big hair. Thank you. Thank you so much. But to your point, because I know you've done some research, Super Mommy was the first children's book I ever wrote, but it's not the first one I published. Super Mommy I wrote back in, I guess it was around 2007. And I wrote that book for my mom. I had never written as an adult a children's book and I hadn't published anything. And so I went online, I went on Craigslist, unfortunately, uh, searching for an illustrator. And I just had a horrible experience. I basically wasted money um, and didn't get anything I was able to use. And, and then I ended up going to grad school. So that pretty much put me in a position where I didn't publish a book until 2013. So that that delayed my journey for about six years. But Super Mommy is the first children's book that I wrote that I wanted to publish, but I just couldn't figure out the publishing process. And it took me many years to finally figure it out. And then I eventually did get to go back and publish that book for my mom. Well, that is a sweet little book about a girl who just uh, idolizes her mom. Yeah. And I wrote that book just because that was my experience. I grew up in a single parent household and it always felt like my mom was able to just, it was like she had magic powers. You know, She would come home from work and she would make dinner a full, like we weren't eating McDonald's. We were eating like a very good meal with all of our veg veggies and our meats. And, you know, it was just, it was amazing how much she was able to do. If something was lost, she was able to find it. You know, if we got a little boo-boo, she was able to fix it. And so I wrote that book in tribute to her because as I got older, I really realized that it, it's very difficult, you know, to raise kids and, and to raise kids as a single mom. And I just really, really was in awe of everything that she was able to do for um, for me and my sister. So I wrote that for her and I love the title Super Mommy because I had a Super Mommy and I feel like a lot of other people think of their mom as being a Super Mommy as well. I happen to believe that all moms are Super Mommies. Yes. <laughs> it is tough. <laughs> it is really tough raising kids, whether you are a single mom or if you are in a two parent or two adult family it yeah. is still difficult raising kids and mm -hmm. and that's what's neat from a grandparent perspective I don't have the day-to-day -day responsibilities of raising kids so I can step back and be a resource for my children and my you know my daughter my daughters-in-law my sons so I love the theme of super mommy and I love at the end where something big happens I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. <laughs> and so in Super Mommy, the character's name is Mia Dora. And Mia Dora has a show and tell project at school. So I think everybody remembers show and tell. So she decides that she wants to show the students that her mom is a super mommy. 
And when she announces this, oh, they laugh. They they can't get enough <laughs> of the jokes because they think it's so hilarious that she would even think that her mom was a super mom. So what she does is she comes up with a great way to prove it. And she does that by taking pictures. And so throughout the book, she takes these pictures of her mom performing what to her seemed like superpowers. But when she presented at school and she puts it up on her poster board, they're just regular pictures. You know, there are no laser beams shooting out of her mom's eyes as she imagines it. And so everyone's laughing. But the surprise that you mentioned that's at the end is that a superhero does run into the room and she starts doing spins and flips and it's actually her mom dressed up in a superhero outfit. And I really liked playing with that because I feel like parents and I feel like moms, they kind of, they know what's going on. And so even though her mom was not actually um, a superhero or so we think, she was able to still bring that feeling to the classroom and and turn what was an embarrassing moment for Miyadora into something that the kids will never forget. I get goosebumps hearing you talk about that. It's such a sweet, <laughs> sweet story. How did your mom react to the story? My mom, first of all, just absolutely loved the fact that I was even putting her in a book. Now, the character doesn't really look like my mom, and she wasn't really meant to. But my mom really loved the story. She, but, but you know what's funny is that my mom loved everything that I did. So <laughs> even though she was excited that I did this book for her, my mom was equally as excited about every single thing that I wrote. So, you know, she, she loved it. And, and a lot of my books are actually dedicated to my mom. And um, even my publishing company, the name of my company is dedicated to my grandmother. I like to put a lot of my family into my work because they've played such a huge role in my life. And I just think it's a nice way to honor them. I appreciate hearing that. And I'm sure your family does too. One of the things that I learned about you, it was talking about Super Mommy, is that people from all over the world have embraced this book. And you even mentioned a family in Europe who dressed up like Super Mommy to go to a school event that her child's school was producing yes world character day is huge so world character day is when kids dress up as their favorite book character and I've always been so amazed to see that I'm getting tagged in photos of kids and sometimes even their parents dressed up as my characters and so yeah there was a woman from the UK who sent in a picture of herself dressed as super mommy. And for me, I mean, this is what makes me so happy to do what I do because no one wants to write a book and just have that book sit there on a shelf, never to be read. When you write books, you want them to be read. You want them to go as far across the world as they can so that people can be impacted. And that's one of the things that I love about writing and what I hear from a lot of people is that in a lot of the other countries outside of the U.S., it's very difficult to find diverse children's books. And it's a problem that we have in the U.S., of course, but it's even worse <laughs> when you get outside of the U.S. So people are hungry for books that reflect their lives, that reflect their experiences, and with characters that reflect, you know, images of themselves. Um, in their likeness. 
So people literally get my books. I've had people um, in France as well who, and, and I do have some of my books in translation, but I love to see that my books are able to go so far. Must be a really wonderful feeling to know that you're having such an impact globally. It is, but you know, I always feel like I can do do more. I guess I'm just never satisfied. So right now, um, I'm actually talking to you from South Africa. So I'm here in Cape Town, South Africa. And what I'm doing while I'm here is working on having my books translated into several African languages. And I'm doing that because it just, again, it's very, very difficult, even in Africa, <laughs> to find children's books that have Black characters, that have African characters. I did an international book tour in 2019, and I visited Ghana, and I visited Cote d'Ivoire, and a couple of other places as well. And what struck me is that I actually read the book Super Mommy and I read it to the kids in Ghana and I was going over, you know, trying to engage them, trying to get them to kind of open up and chat with me. And so there's a scene in Super Mommy where the mom has cooked all of this food for dinner. And so I started asking them, well, what do you eat for dinner? And I started pointing at things at the table like, well, what is this and what is that? And I realized they don't eat the same stuff. Like, can they look at the character and see that she's brown? Absolutely. Outside of that, it, the rest of it doesn't quite resonate. And so I started on the fly changing the foods into foods that were local foods. So they had mashed potatoes. There, was, there were mashed potatoes in the picture, in the illustration. And I said, Fufu, is this Fufu? And they were like, oh, yes, Fufu. And I said, okay, um, Crystal, you still have far to go because you can impact so many more people by just doing more books in translation, making slight adjustments so that the stories can also resonate with local populations. And so that's what I'm doing in South Africa now. What a wonderful discovery. As soon as I left, I told my husband, because he was with me on my tour, I said, babe, I'm going to translate these books and make them for African kids, you know, in each country. So I'm super excited about it. It's actually pretty, I love doing new things. I love to be uh, adventurous and different. And I really feel like this is something that can have a huge impact. So I'm, I'm excited about it. How many children's books have you published? That's a good question. Um, I I believe that right now I'm at 15 books. I just released, did I release three? And I still have one that I have not published. I've <laughs> one that I haven't published that I'm ready to hit the button on. And then one that is done. I am just, it's just that last page. I just need to solidify what I wanted to say. And I can get that way because um, I try not to be a perfectionist, but I don't like to release stuff until I'm like, yes, this is it. That's exactly how I wanted it to be. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always working on something. I usually have something in the pipeline. From what I've seen, the major message is self-esteem, being proud of yourself, whether it's big hair, a gap between your teeth or freckles. You want children to say, this is who I am and here I come world. Yes. I like to write for younger kids. I get so many people that say, Crystal, are you ever going to write for older kids or write chapter books? And I really want to, and I do plan to, but I'm just really struck by the fact that kids begin to develop their sense of self 
at a really young age, three, four, five, six, seven, they are figuring themselves out. And that's when they decide how they feel about themselves. I really, really want to be able to write books that tell them that you are wonderful. You are amazing. You can do big things. You are fine just the way you are. You know, I just want to make sure that they have and see messages that instill that because there are not a lot of things like there are not a lot of just in print and broadcast media in general. There's just not a lot. Sometimes you don't notice it until you start looking for it. And that's how I actually ended up, you know, publishing in the first place when I started looking for it. But there aren't a lot of things that tell little black kids that they can do amazing things. So I want to make sure that my stories and my characters are positive. And even if it doesn't, um, I don't hit kids over the head with it. And so it's not always as obvious. But for example, I have a book called I'm a Pretty Princess. And in that book, it doesn't say anything about her being black. It doesn't say anything about her skin color, but kids love it because it's pretty rare to see a black princess. And so when they see a black princess on the cover, they get super excited. And the book itself, it talks about uh, being a princess is not just about the outside. It's not just about the material things that you have and the fancy dresses you wear. It's about being a good person on the inside. So that book, it's not even about self-esteem or hair or anything like that, but it still has that message of you too can be a princess. The messages that I get from parents, I mean, I've had, I've had so many parents reach out to me, many of them saying that, you know, they got their daughter that book and she was excited about it. But then I've also had parents say, my daughter said, no, mommy, I can't be a princess because I'm black. And so I've had parents writing to me pretty much heartbroken, telling me that how upset they were <laughs> because they didn't know that their child felt like that, right? Until they gave them a book with the black princess and they're like, nope, I can't be a princess. So it's, it's just like a hidden message, you know, you too can be a princess and you don't know that you can be a princess because you've never seen one that looked like you. So that's really a big part of what I, what I try to do with my book. That's really heartbreaking that a child would feel like that just because of the color of her skin. There's just so much stuff that goes on. You know, I see um, on the news, you know, kids that try to get into plays, right? I want to be Snow White. Well, you can't be Snow White because you're black. Snow White can't be black. You know, it's just <laughs> things that you would never think about that are literally limitations that are set on kids literally just from by the color of their skin. And so something just like that, being a princess, if you've never seen a black princess before, then you probably don't think uh, that a black person can be a princess in the first place. And that's why people get really excited when they do see these books, you know, when Disney, you know, releases uh, <laughs> a character that is different from what we've seen historically, it really it, it really is a big deal. It really, really is for us. Well, that brings me to your book, The Black Fairy Tales. Tell the listeners that, what that book entails. Black Fairy Tales, and that's like the perfect lead-in. I created Black Fairy Tales, which is basically a coloring book where I turned all of the characters of popular fairy tales into Black characters. Now it's a coloring book. So 
there is no color in it, right? But when you look at the characters, you can see, you know, a lot of them might have grays or afros. Um, they don't look like the traditional characters that you would see um, in books and definitely not for those fairy tales. And I did that because all of these are fictional characters. They're fictional. And because they're fictional, they can be any color we want them to. They can be any race, any ethnicity. And it totally goes against, you know, the status quo. Some people like it, some people don't. But at the end of the day, for me, I think it's important for a little girl to be able to see herself as Rapunzel. I think it's cool to have a black little red riding hood, to have a black Pinocchio. I just thought it would be really fun to take those fairy tales for a little spin. And I just love to do stuff like that. Because again, we're talking about fictional characters. So if they're fictional, they can be any race we want them to be. True. One of the questions I meant to ask you earlier was, I know at least a couple of your books are written in rhyme. Is that a standard practice for you? I really, really love writing in rhyme. I grew up writing a lot of poetry and it's just a, a natural extension into writing children's books in rhyme. Funny enough, I actually don't really feel as comfortable <laughs> writing, you know, without using rhyme. And, and what I like about rhyme is that one, I can um, I can rhyme pretty well, but also I think it's fun for the kids to read. It it, it helps them um, stay engaged. Uh, it helps kids kind of learn to read, and, and they hear some of that repetition in the sounds. And I just think it's it makes it fun. And it's more fun for me to read when I'm doing um, book readings. So I would much rather read Naturally Me or Big Hair Don't Care than read Super Mommy, which is not written in rhyme. And I don't know. I, it's just something about that little sing song style of it. But I do write in both styles. And uh, but my preference really is to write in rhyme. But I will tell you this. Writing in rhyme is, <laughs> it's not easy. And sometimes it delays my process because I'm literally like, oh, I can't finish this book because one of my pages, I don't have the perfect rhyme yet. So I, <laughs> it can really delay me a lot. But the end result, I always really love. I've heard that from other authors too. And I've always been impressed with authors who successfully rhyme their work because that is not one of my strengths. And I just, I think it's really so clever, a clever use of rhythm and, and sounds. And as you said, little kids love rhyming and it's a wonderful way of helping to develop language skills. Exactly. Yeah, I just really like it. So most of my children's books will be in rhyme because I love it personally. And then I feel super accomplished because like you said, not everyone can write in rhyme. Um, I get a lot of people that ask me because I do teach authors how to publish their books. And they ask, should my children's book be in rhyme? Does it have to rhyme? Should it rhyme? And I always encourage people to write in the style that they are most comfortable with. Because there's nothing worse than reading a book where it's supposed to rhyme, but the meter is wrong and it uses fake, like faux rhymes. There's nothing worse than that. These words that don't actually rhyme, but they kind of do a little bit. And the one sentence is super short. The other sentence is super long. It doesn't flow. And so that pretty much defeats the purpose of writing and rhyme in the first place. So 
I tell people, write write the way that you are comfortable writing. Don't try to force it. You actually have a couple of coloring books, correct? Yes. Four or five. It might be five coloring books now. The coloring books, I started to do those just because I I think you can tell by now. When I don't see something on the market, you know, then I'm like, well, why doesn't this exist with Black characters? <laughs> why why do we have so many of these coloring books on the market, but none of them, you know, are um, have any any Black characters? I just don't understand. So I try not to really be that person to complain about it. But when I notice something and I know it's something uh, that I can change, then I'm like, okay, there aren't really a lot of Black children's books, uh, Black coloring books, then I'll do it. I'll be the one to bring it to life. So once I started creating the coloring books, I mean, I got such a positive response, and especially because mine are coloring and activity books. So they have all sorts of, you know, cool little opportunities for kids to be able to use their writing skills, reading comprehension skills. Um, I do some really fun stuff in the books and people love them. So once I did the first two, I said, okay, this is a thing. Let me keep making more. Um, So right now I have one for uh, one that's called The Colorful Adventures of Zoe and Star. I have The Colorful Adventures of Cody and Jay. Um, I have I'm a Pretty Princess, which has a coloring book version and a picture book version. I have a book called, uh, well, we talked about Black Fairy Tales. And then I have a book that's actually for, I call it Big Hair Lovers of All Ages. So this one's for um, adults as well. And it's called Color My Fro. I am impressed that you identified a niche and have gone after it, but you've done it because you care about these little children having role models and having books and coloring pages where they see themselves. That has garnered a lot of media attention. And I was reading and saw on YouTube where your books have been, have been used as props in television programs. Yeah, they have. Um, and, and that's the thing. When you start out, you create, you come up with your idea. You just never know where it will take you. But for the same reason that parents are looking for books with diverse characters, you have prop masters at television shows who are looking for books that reflect what would be in the homes of the characters, right? So if you have a Black family, little kids, you're probably going to have at least a couple of Black books. Of course, not every book will be. You'll probably have at least a couple of Black books in the household. And so now they need to find books as props. Yeah, it's just been pretty amazing. So the books that have been featured are Naturally Me, was used on the show um, called The Game on BET. And Zoe and Star, that's one of the coloring books, was used on a show called Being Mary Jane, which starred Gabrielle Union. And there is no better feeling than watching television, seeing a scene open up with the little girl on the show coloring in your coloring book, right? There's no better feeling. And when <laughs> when that aired, people were hitting me up all over. I mean, Phone calls, text messages, Facebook messages. I just saw your book on being Mary Jane. And I said, these people have really good eyeballs because I mean, eagle (laughs) eyes. (laughs) 
because people see my books everywhere and they recognize them and then they tag me and they let me know. So it's just, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling. I am so happy for you. I can only imagine the joy that you feel. And I am so honored that you're my guest and that we can talk about this. I am concerned about all diversity when we talk about books. I've read about another author who I want to invite to be on the program, and she is Chinese. And Mm -hmm. talking about the stereotypes for that culture as well. And, you know, even... Even girls, you know, talking about girls doing some adventure, you always see boys, but Mm -hmm. you don't always see girls. And I think people are becoming more aware of this lack of diversity across racial ethnicities and that girls don't always play with dolls, that they sometimes go rock climbing. And yeah, we have to represent all of that in our literature. And it's such an exciting time to be a writer because the world is just waiting for those voices to shine through. Exactly. That's exactly it. There's someone out there who is looking for a book like the book that you're planning to write. And I always encourage people, if you have a story, if you have a book that you wished existed when you were a kid, if you have a kid or a grandkid and there's something just so special about them uh, or or there are no books that where they can feel represented, go ahead and write that book because they're not the only kid out there that has that special feature, that unique thing about them. And when you write that book, If you are looking for a book like that, there are other people out there who are also searching for a book like that. So I always encourage people not to be afraid, but if you really believe in it and you really, you know, are interested in writing to go ahead and try your hand at it. Kids can provide so many fun stories, so many things that you can write about. And then sometimes just writing about the kid themselves. Talk to several people where their uh, child or, you know, their grandson or granddaughter has an illness. And they don't see any books that actually show that. One of the books that I've written, and I think it's probably under a pen name, (laughs) is No Wheat for Me, I'm Gluten-Free. This is just a fun little book I wrote and I made it have diverse characters. So this has like uh, just huge diversity in the characters. And I just created that book because so many kids were gluten-free And, you know, you have to explain to other kids what that means, right? And so I thought, man, it would be really great for kids to be able to have a book that they can take to school, the teacher can read, and the other kids can understand why I can't eat this and I can't eat that. So I just really love to use books to to show all kids that no matter what they have going on, (laughs) there's somebody else out there in the world who's just like them. So they're not that different after all. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want the world to know? That is a good question. Is there anything I want the world to know? Hmm. Um, for any of the grandparents who are listening, kids love to read and kids really do cherish the time that they spend with you. And so I would encourage you to just read as much as possible with them and to them, you know, and really put on a show with the characters (laughs) because those are memorable moments. Um, And and for the books that you choose, don't be afraid to, to choose books that don't look like 
uh, your grandchildren. You know, it's it's cool for them to have, uh, you know, uh, a reflection of themselves and as, as well a reflection of the other people who exist in the world. And I think that by doing that, you can really help them to become better humans and you'll enjoy some really fun quality time in the process. Tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can find your books. All of my books are on Amazon and my name, (laughs) uh, it's not quite the easiest to spell, but it is Crystal Swain Bates and I'll spell it for you. It's Crystal, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L and the last name is Swain Bates, S-W-A-I-N hyphen B-A-T-E-S. My website is crystalswainbates.com. And if you're listening and you're actually looking for advice and information about how to publish a book, I have a Facebook group and it's called Six Figure Self-Publishing Secrets with Crystal Swain Bates. So those are all of the ways that you can find me. If you are a grandparent who is very active on social media, my handle is C Swain Bates on all platforms. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.